Hi, welcome to the latest episode of our Myth Busting series. Um, this is our second season of the Accidental Marketer podcast, and I'm Mary Abazia. And uh, with me is Tom Spitali. Hi, Tom. Hi, Mary. And I have Sean. Are you there, Sean? I sure am. Hi, Mary. Oh, Hi, Tom. Uh, all Sean. right. Well, so, okay, throughout the season, uh, we have been bu- busting a lot of myths that um, are potentially killing businesses. And today, the one of the big myths that we hear a lot and actually see a lot is, um, I guess, loosely called the Big Bang Theory. Um, it's, it's also, you know, like, go big or go home. And it's the notion that when you're changing directions, uh, companies need to do so decisively and with major investments and rapid change. And um, so I, I think let's, uh, let's move this right over to Tom. Tom, why is this a dangerous myth? Everybody's familiar with the idea that new products fail at about an 80 to 90% rate. Um, I think what we're talking about today is initiatives, whether they be marketing initiatives. You can't expand it to internal initiatives. But what we have seen is a tremendous amount of failure in initiatives, whether that means just a new direction, the company's taking on you know, targeting a, a new market or something different about their value proposition. And we think that the problem here is that companies have a tremendous unwillingness to test and to pilot new directions before they, 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 they you know, make huge investments. And, and, and I think that they believe that they have to move this fast and decisively in order to beat the competition. But so many times it leads to so much failure. And I guess we wanted to use today to kind of talk about why that is and, and, and how that can change. What are you guys seeing is the reason that companies are, are so reticent to pilot and test before moving in a direction in a big way? You know, I think there's a couple of things driving that. One is um, a general preference for speed and action. Those are qualities that tend to be lauded. So if you can move quickly and grab market share quickly and, and have success quickly, it's all seen as a as a good thing. And the, the more methodical um, scientific approach doesn't always resonate with that corporate culture of, you know, always be running hard and running in the, in a, in a positive direction, um, which is closely linked to, and I don't want to turn this into a sort of gender-based discussion, but there's a general macho culture in many businesses. And, and if you look at that in very simple terms, you know, there's, there's a much more credit is given for trying. And indeed, trying and failing is sometimes seen as, 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 as at least good effort as opposed to a, a more methodical. And I guess there's a balance because, you know, we've, we've talked before that, that you can spend so long planning and experimenting and never get around to doing. So there's clearly a balance. But I think the default tends to be this, you know, run hard, run fast, and, and um, you know, if you fall down, get up and keep going. Sort of the, that sort of attitude prevails as I see yeah, I think um, it's interesting. I hadn't thought of it as machoism, but um, you raise a good point. <laughs> um, I also think that um, it seems obvious. It seems like 
yes, we should do a pilot and make sure that this is right. But it it doesn't. I mean, we watched way too many times. I think some of the times it's that we're playing catch up. A company's playing catch up. And if they do a pilot, that means that they are admitting internally and maybe even externally that they weren't there when they needed to be. So let's get out there and, and just, you know, get in the game as fast as we can. We don't have time or we don't, you know, really want to let anyone know that we had to pilot this, I think, is some of the, the pieces of it. Um, because it just, uh, you know, when you look at the, the risk factors of not doing a pilot, uh, you would logically say, we've got to do it. And, it. and what I love about a pilot, a lot of times, I worked on a lot of new technologies, especially in the Bay Area when we were launching things, and it wasn't always ready um, prime time. You know, it wasn't the final thing. Like, I hate to say this, but even internet, you know, um, wasn't wasn't ready at the time. But if you did a smaller pilot first and checked it to make sure that customers were familiar or comfortable with some of the benefits, maybe not all of them, but some of them, you know you're on the right track. And so then you can refine that. You learn a lot then. And then you can go on to that second horizon or that second gen and, and come up with, you know, even better, but to just jump in there with that final, I, some companies would have, you know, not, never would have even gotten there, I think. Um, Tom, what do you think? Sean's comment about machoism and the reward system for at least trying something, even if it leads to failure, resonates a lot with me. Doesn't it make a lot more sense, though, that if you're going to fail, Make it a small scale failure, <laughs> you know, uh, make it a, a failed pilot rather than a huge initiative that is, um, you end up with egg all over your face, a lot of uh, shareholder value diminished. The thing that makes a lot of sense to me is sort of a dashboard if you're a new leader or um, a new CEO that has five, six, seven pilots going on at a time, trying different things on small scale, looking for what seems to resonate most, either if it's a customer initiative with, with customers or if it's an internal initiative, what seems to be taking hold and taking root with, um, with, with employees. And then when you get an indication that one or two of the pilots are looking like they're going to succeed, then by all means, scale rapidly, scale quickly, move faster than the competition can move. But there's this interim step that just seems to be missed. Yeah, you know, you, you remind me of a boss I used to have. Well, you don't remind me of him, Tom. Let me, let me make that clear. But what you just said <laughs> reminds me. And, and he used to say, um, fail early, fail cheaply was his message with any new initiative. You know, he was saying, you, you, and then the fail early part was you've got to experiment, you've got to expose it to real customers, move it off the drawing board. And that was a cry for experimentation. Um, and fail cheaply was, you know, don't bet the farm. If you can find out through graduated steps, if this is likely to take off, then that's great. We can always move to the next step with some speed. He, he wasn't relaxed about this, but his point was, if you can find a failure mode quickly and do it cheaply that's actually really good learning that that leaves you free to pursue other things and i think it reminds me also of how how you approach gambling in a casino if you want to spend the evening at the roulette table you know you put a, 
a few chips on red, a few chips on the odd numbers, you know, maybe a few chips on number seven, whatever your lucky number is, and 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 you 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 play and enjoy yourself. But you know, the crowds gather round when someone pushes a pile of chips onto number seven. It's all all or nothing on one sort of spin. That goes back to this. It's more theatre to have these big um, big bets, but but really. You know, we should think more like gamblers and, and cover some bets and, and don't bet what we can't afford to lose and, and make sure that w- we've got multiple outcomes that could happen. You know, we're not, we're not pushing everything into the, into the one area. Sean, so, you're, yeah, you're, your old boss sounds wise, and that's probably why I don't remind you of him. But it's really, <laughs> it's really what he was talking about is something that is espoused by the lean startup movement which is, you know, get a prototype out that's not necessarily perfect. Find out if you got a winner. If not, pivot. And I think what we're lamenting in our work with really big companies is they do not seem to be embracing this idea of fail early, fail often, place a lot of bets. And and, and maybe, Mary, it's because they just... They, they, they do like the, the, the theater and the idea, well, if I'm going to lead this organization, you know, we're going to put it all on red. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, um, I was with a client this week that works in power, and they, they actually did agree that they were going to do a pilot. That was part of their plan, but they were going to do it with one plant. And, I, you know, we started talking about it. And this is where I think the analogy of at least putting your chips on a couple of different spots makes sense. As we talked about it, you know, if that plant goes down in that year of their pilot and uh, they don't have any information then on if it was, you know, the pilot or if it was a problem with something else. So, you know, a good practice is to place those chips on at least three different pilots or three different different types of customers so that in that span of time, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of variability and it minimizes that or at least allows you to have one out of the three be successful and you have some factors to be able to see why that was successful. And it, frankly, you know, at the end of the day, it reduces your risk, as you guys are saying. Yeah, or and, and increases your opportunity, which is the other way to look at it. It kind of does both, doesn't it? It gives you a chance to more chance to succeed, if you like, which is the positive. There's a, Mary, you relate a story, you don't have to name the client, but of a pretty big organization that we worked with that wondered if segmentation might help them and conducted a, 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 a pilot that proved the case for them and led to a bigger rollout. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think, yeah, Tom, that's, that is true. Um, you know, especially where a company is trying to buy into segmentation or any other big initiative. Um, in this case, the client uh, believed they thought it was pretty reasonable and they really didn't have a lot of other choices, frankly. They needed to find some growth areas. And what was remarkable about this was is they, they went to a, a customer group that they never really focused on. And they, they listened to the customers first, and then they designed a pilot, uh, really with not any new products or anything. They just figured out there are some services that might make them happier in the way that they use their existing products. And within eight months, they found that they had 
over $200 million <laughs> they hadn't thought of before. So once they found that, the senior manager said, okay, number one, you know, we got to do more pilots because this is, you know, we can see the numbers here. And two, everyone's going to do, in this case, segmentation. We're going to do this in the right way now and keep finding these these uh, these nuggets of gold and we hadn't uncovered before. So that that's probably one of the best stories we have where piloting was very monetized. Yep. I think we get really excited about concepts like segmentation when we teach it. And people may get the idea that we're saying just you know, you know drop everything, run out and segment your market and start doing business this way immediately. But we always say, don't take our word for it. Conduct an experiment. Do as this client did that Mary just described. It's the perfect pilot, right? Is to segment your market and then just take one segment. And maybe if you're in a B2B business, just a few sales reps that call on accounts that fit into this segment and just see what happens like the, the client did that Mary just described. If it works, expand it. If it doesn't work, figure out if, it, if, if the reasons for the failure were fixable. And if they are, make the adjustments, try again. Once you realize it works, expand it out, do more. But this is just, you know, it's a reasonable and practical way to do business. Yeah. And the numbers, if you have even, we see that sometimes like, well, we're not sure if this is the right number. Well, in that case, and in most cases, even if you have an estimate from your pilot of what the numbers are doing, you can extrapolate and say, this is a good surrogate for what may actually happen. So it's nice to get the the number part of it. Sean, you um, you worked at GE, both you and, and Tom had in your previous worlds. Is there any uh, any words of wisdom that that Jack Welch or any of your experiences there might help us in as we're kind of wrestling this one? You know, the, the, I guess what I would focus on with 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 my experience there was not so much the experimentation, although there was a very methodical approach to it. Um, including using control groups, you know, including including if you made a change to something, measuring the improvement against what you always did. So there, there was a science to it a little bit. Through the whole Six Sigma thing, there was you know randomized control groups. They took a very methodical approach. But the biggest thing that that drove any change in that business was was the drive from the top. If you launched an initiative, and even if that initiative was experimentation was Six Sigma. So it wasn't necessarily a specific initiative, but just a process, a business process. If that was driven from the top and you had total engagement, then the business would adopt it. So rather than leaving, I mean, let's face it, it was a little bit of a benign dictatorship back in the day. Whatever was said at the top got done. But the reason it got done was through the incentive program, through training of senior managers, through making it a measurable performance criteria for managers. And if you if you really want to turn a business into um, an experimenting type business, a piloting type business, then you have to put the processes in, drive it from the top, and don't accept any deviation from that dictate, right? So that they were um, very top-driven and and meaningfully so, and and that made the difference. That, as I said, plus the 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 slightly more scientific approach, putting a process around it. Wow, oh, Tom, anything to add to that? The thing about 
the Jack Welsh era and GE that I remember is there was a lot more discipline as Sean is, is talking about in terms of you had to, you had to do it if it was the initiative. But the other thing is, is in his entire reign at GE, I think Jack Welsh had something like six initiatives, right, Sean? I mean, it wasn't that many. And, um, every single one of them was driven by some huge trend that was really, really obvious. I think what's germane to this discussion is we see these organizations with these initiatives and they have, you know, six every year. And then perhaps the leadership changes the next year and there's six more. And people get really jaded about the initiatives themselves and whether and, and start thinking maybe I can just wait this one out. And if there's not any data behind the initiative that says, you know, this thing has a really good chance of working, you know, of the type of data that pilots give you, if people don't have that absent that, they kind of check out. I think also, Tom, I totally agree with what you're saying, but I, I just feel like I should say that I don't necessarily hold GE up as an exemplar of the, of what we're talking about, because we are talking about the experimental mindset, the do the pilot, get the feedback. There was still, because of what I said earlier, still enormous pressure to get things done. Because I was thinking of an initiative that was, um, I think it was called Year of the Salesperson. Someone had decided that, that the way for, to get more sales was to add salespeople, which in and of itself is not a crazy idea, but everyone was given the dictate, you must add salespeople to new sales territories. So we had to spend time. I was, I was in a, a, an operational role there, not a corporate role. And you had to focus on um, redefining sales territories to accommodate more salespeople. And it got to the point where we, we, would, we were saying, look, this territory wouldn't support a salesperson. There's not enough business in it. But because it had come down as a sort of numbers game to an extent, we really had to argue quite hard that we, that we changed that. So if we were suggesting to people how they should approach this, I think it's as ever, it's a, it's a blend of lots of best practices. The, the driven from the top and the process is really good, but you also have to create degrees of discretion as well, which is, of course, what GE learned, that they didn't get it wrong long term. It was just occasionally that that distance from the decision and the drive from the top can be a negative. So we should just say that, that when we're making recommendations, you know, adopt the best of, of the multiple examples to build a a more better example for your own business. You know, don't 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 look to any one person because I don't I'm not sure one example exists that would cover everything that we're talking about. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Well, we hope that uh, you've enjoyed this season. Um, next season, what we're going to be doing is focusing on the biggest strategic planning mistakes that we see companies make and how you can avoid them. So uh, we hope that you're going to join us for that season. Uh, if you want to, to hear any of the uh, podcasts that we've had in the past, uh, you can go to the accidentalmarketer.com website and you can click on uh, podcast. You'll see that and, and there's all our whole library is there. And it is also on iTunes where you can click on any of them and provide us with ratings and reviews and even just send us emails. We're, we're always interested in hearing other topics that you would like to, to have covered. Thank you again.